Pull on in to our drive-in of terror for season two, episode 16 of Scare Your Pants Off, because it's movie night. In tonight's episode, the fright-filled feature is 13 Ghosts. You grab the snacks, we'll kill the lights. How you doing, Tom? I am really, really good. God, I feel like we haven't done this in a while. I haven't really talked. I mean, we talk text and everything, but I feel like I haven't talked to you face-to-face and in quite a while. So how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Yeah, I feel like I haven't seen you since last year. Waka waka. Sorry. (laughs) I know, too much. But yeah, I mean, it's been a while. It was the holiday season and then family stuff came up and issues and stuff. So I'm glad that we're back. We're recording and and uh, getting back, getting back in the swing after the after the holiday season, because like I said, it feels it feels like it's been forever. Yeah, for point. everybody listening, we we are currently recording this on January twenty first of twenty twenty three. So we are still, you know, you know, just after the holiday season and whatnot. And this will probably not be aired till close to the fall or winter of of twenty twenty three, going into twenty twenty four. So. We're not crazy. This is really what's happening right now. Yes, exactly. Um, so what's new? What, what have you been up to? You know what? I, I don't even know. So much stuff. Like we're um, really kind of now putting like boots to the ground and like really um, getting going and planning our Halloween party. And we've visited a couple of venues for wow. the wedding and everything like that. So um I don't know, really just that. We uh we've um we recently lost Eric's dad, so we've been kinda doing that the last week and oh, I'm sorry um, to hear that. Oh thank you. It's uh that's it stinks, but it's uh it, it, fortunately it is part of life and mm-hmm. but everyone is healing and everyone is doing doing better, so mm-hmm. Yeah, that's always tough. It's always tough. I had a uh, my aunt passed on uh, the first of January, and uh, it's always tough, you know, especially in that holiday season. It's just yeah. like because going into every holiday season, I'm just I just want to get through the other end. <laughs> that's it. That's how I am. I'm not a big holiday guy. I'm not, you know. I mean, I obviously I do the family thing, but it, for me, it's like once that Thanksgiving hits, it's like okay, I just got to get to like January second just got to get there so yeah and uh oh god and uh if it looks weird to you shay i'm doing a remodel at my house so i'm in a spare bedroom sitting on a bed that's why my sound might be a little weird too it's uh you know i had to had to make do with a setup because uh big big well not big big but uh you know remodel at the house i'm just so ready for this to be over and just get back get back to being normal Uh, so everybody listening heard tom take all the blame for any issues this episode yes i did that's what i heard (laughs) this episode and every episode you blame me not shay (laughs) because i i I don't mind i don't mind um you watch anything good recently any good movies or shows or anything you know i feel like since the last time we've talked, I've watched a hundred things and I've wanted to talk to you about all of them. And then for some reason, when it comes down to actually thinking about it and remembering them, can't do it for the life of me. I know I know we've talked about Inside Man and you were gonna watch that. Did you end up watching Inside Man? 
I did and I loved it and I'm hoping it does get like a second run or something because they kind of did set it up for one. Okay. If, they, if they did, I thought it was great. Stanley Tucci is excellent. Um, yeah, totally my, and like right up my alley. I love that, that type of stuff. And uh, yeah, so yes, I actually, I watched that the same day you texted me to check it out. I was just like, I put it on because I, like I said, I, I get a lot of recommendations, people at work, everything, but I know when you recommend it, it's going to be, I'm going to like it. So I, I usually try to watch them right away afterwards. And yeah, that was, that was a great, great, great show. And have you checked out Old Man? So Old Man, I remember a while back, I don't know, you know I, I can't remember the time frame, but watching part of the first episode, but uh, I have not gotten around to that. It's just been, had a couple crazy weeks with work and holidays and working some of these holidays. Um, so it is on my list, but I have not gotten around to that yet. It's worth it when you do. I'm telling you, when you when you have the time, you sit down and watch it. Jeff Bridges is freaking amazing. He wow. is, he's so badass. I love him. Yeah, I love Jeff Bridges. He's great. So yeah, definitely, definitely on my uh, my my list here. So. Good. All right. Well, I so you have the campy today, and if it's if it's the one I remember it being, I'm very excited to hear you talk about it. So. Yeah, this is, guys, I love this one. I, I, I mean, I still remember this um, from when I was uh, a kid and uh, just, you know, not fully understanding all the jokes and everything, but it's one of those movies that I still remember as like one of my earliest memories, like maybe five or six and probably shouldn't have watched it at that age, but remember what and remember vividly some of the scenes from that time. And what I'm talking about is uh, the 1978 American horror parody film, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Now, I didn't watch it in 78. I wasn't born in 78, but I watched it in probably 85, 84, 85, 86, somewhere around there, because I, I would have been five or six. And this film was produced by uh, Stephen Pierce and John DiBello and directed by John DiBello. And it was based on the original idea slash screenplay of Costa Dillon. Um, and the film spoofs B-movies and was made on a budget. I find this so impressive. I mean, it was a different time. It was 1978, so it's a lot, it's a lot more now, but it was made on a budget of $100,000, which is, Crazy when you actually watch that movie. That's freaking crazy. Yes, it is. And and uh, like um, you know, trauma films, which are you know, it, it, you know, B movies, independent, however you want to classify them. Um, it most of those go for more than a hundred thousand dollars, and those are super indie. Fun little fact: I almost worked for trauma back twenty five years ago. Really? Yeah. After college, uh, they um. You know, they the the problem is they don't pay a lot. But after college, uh, my undergrad at URI, I uh, responded to they were looking for PAs stuff like that for their next film and everything like that. And I put in, and they had basically said I could have it. But the problem was, it was like 
getting paid next to nothing. I'd be living, I think it was like 10, 11 people in a, uh, a one or two bedroom apartment in New York. Uh, <laughs> so it was really bad condition. And then they ended up going with somebody that was a lot close, like from that area. So they didn't even have to live in that apartment or anything like that. So it didn't end up working out, but I really, really, really wanted to work. I thought that would have been such a cool little first gig after college working. For yeah, sure would. Um, but anyway, and then, sorry, went off on a side tangent. Back to uh, the attack of the killer tomatoes. And uh, essentially, the plot is or it, that tomatoes become sentient by unknown, I'm doing it for, I'm doing quotations, uh, unknown means, and begin to revolt against humanity. So a group of scientists... Uh, band together and try to find a way to stop these killer tomatoes. Yes, yes, it's uh, that is the description. Um, it, it's kind of a bit of a spoof on the birds. They even have an opening, um, you know, before before the opening credits. They have scenes, and it, it's even you know has little quotes about the birds and everything. And how when that first came out, people are like, "How how this movie is not going to be scary? A movie about birds is going to be scary." And we all know it ended up being one of the scariest movies of all time. The birds. I mean, yep. it, it still creeps me out. So it's a bit of a spoof of that and spoof of other B movies. Um, really has that that B movie feel but in a really good way because it's making fun of it it's making fun of itself um just just something that's totally up my alley uh, a, a particular scene that I I just I still remember to this day and when I probably five or six when I first saw it and uh they did like a product placement gag and that's the first time i ever saw that i don't know if there was you know i'm sure it was happened before at some point or something i don't know for a fact because it was a 78 film but they're sitting around in the diner and it's uh pepsi and they're drinking it and they kind of just do a product placement gag while they're doing their dialogue it's essentially like a pepsi commercial and I, for some reason, that scene, I don't know why, but for 40 years has stuck with me and in this movie. And uh, yeah, it's, this is so much fun, guys. This is, if you like, if you like horror comedy and, and spoofs, this is up your alley. If you don't, maybe you don't watch it. But if you do, this is, uh, this is totally, totally up your alley because it's just, it's so much fun. Um, yeah, it's it's going on. At, at first, it's it didn't get the it didn't get much love. Uh, because you know what are we saying? It was like a one note one note movie, one note one joke movie, all that stuff. But over the years, has sort of gained this um, cult status. With, uh, especially of fans of horror and horror comedy and, and spoof movies. Um, so, again, can't say enough good things about it, guys. Do yourself a favor and, uh, yeah, check this movie out if you can. It's it's a lot of fun. So, your thought, have you watched it recently? I, not super recently. I, I will tell you that I actually... Oh, hold on. My apparently an ad just popped up. Um, sorry about that. Start over. 
Um, so not super recently, but within the last year, I have watched it, and I actually watched it, and this reminded me. Do you recall when I talked to you about the movie um, Attack of the Killer Donuts? Yes, yes. Did you ever end up watching that? I have not yet. Okay, that is actually the last time I did watch Attack of the Killer Tomatoes because I had to watch it because I watched Attack of the Killer Donuts. Mm-hmm. And I, I will stand by what I said uh, like a bunch of episodes ago. It is actually campier than Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Now, with that being said, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is fantastic. It's right there with like um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It's it's really, it's it's a classic, and it, you have to watch it. If you love camp and you love horror, you have to watch it. It is, I don't even know. It's it's just <laughs> phenomenal and phenomenal. And to know that they did it on the budget that they did, yes, back back when this came out, the effects weren't, you know, what they are now. But to do it on that little bit of money, given that fact, is really honestly more impressive. Yeah, and I love that you brought up um, Killer Clowns because that's like Sarah. That's such a good, you know, barometer. I, for me personally, I, I like Killer Clowns a little bit more, but it's close and it's right in that vein. So that is, yeah, that is, that's a perfect, perfect comparison. I love that. That's uh, yeah. Do yourself a favor, guys. All right. Well, if you're okay with it, I'm going to dive right into the feature. Yeah, go for it. So today I get to talk about 13 Ghosts. Now I will tell you that the one I'm going to talk about from 2001 is actually a retelling of sorts uh, from 13 Ghosts in 1960. One thing I do want to say about the one in 1960 that is really cool that I don't believe happened um, in 2001 when this one was released. But in the nineteen in 1960, when this one, when the original one was released, they actually gave uh, the whole audience what I would assume is like 3D type glasses that they were calling ghost viewers. Really? Yeah, and they actually filmed it in a way that without the glasses on, you actually couldn't see the ghosts at certain points. That's so cool. So cool. So cool. Yeah, I had to bring that up because it's. There are slight differences here and there in the stories and stuff like that, but at its core, it's really it's the same thing. Um, both totally worth a watch, but I am going to focus on the two thousand and one. Um, so, this movie follows a family originally of four who ends up losing their wife slash mother uh, in a fire, and it's, all that's left now is Arthur and his two children. And they're working to basically move on with their life and they're struggling to cope. And, you know, it, it's it, with an additional character added in now, kind of not really to replace the mother, but to fill in like the spaces where he'd need help. You get a wicked funny, very attitude nanny. And I friggin' love her. She's so funny in this movie. Um, now, it's sometime after the mother's death. And Arthur is made aware of the fact that he had an uncle that he really, he knew of, like he knew of in name, but not really anything beyond that. Um, but that that uncle had passed away. Yeah. Not only did he pass away, 
he willed Arthur his entire estate. Um, with the urging of his children, uh, they went to go check out the house with the lawyer. And as expected, it was, it seemed to be almost too good to be true. And that's largely because it was. Um, this house was gigantic and it had everything their hearts could desire. Multiple bathrooms, multiple bedrooms. It's a whole bunch of things. One thing I am going to say about this though, and this house is gorgeous. It's absolutely, it's amazing. Every wall is glass. So I kind of put myself in 2001, I was um, 18 and, you know, just graduating high school or whatever. And um, <laughs> I can't fathom what to live in a house with glass walls. That is, there is yeah. no privacy at all. I almost said privacy. I had to actually make myself not say privacy. I've been watching too many British shows, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, even the bathroom has yeah. all of the glass. Like, the floors are all, but you can't wear a dress, which not, I wouldn't, but. But still, it's, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, that's a little much. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it's too much. It's again gorgeous house, but it's not for me. Um, now these glass walls had uh, like something written on them or like etched onto them, um, writing that they really couldn't under you know they couldn't really decipher, and the walls themselves actually shifted. But at first, it just seemed kind of random. They really didn't know why or what it meant. Now comes a terrifying twist. The eccentric uncle has actually comprised a machine of sorts to not only collect but contain the souls needed to complete the Black Zodiac. He wanted to complete the Black Zodiac to gain access to the Ocularis Infernum, which is the Eye of Hell. And this would give him unmatched power. You find out that this house is that machine. So that's why they end up finding out that that is why the walls move. The stuff written on the walls is actually incantations to keep the spirits locked in their area until they were ready to move into the, it's like this big wheel room. It's really kind of neat looking. Um, now, there are 13 ghosts that are needed to complete this contraption. Uh, the first, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list them all. I'm going to go 1 through 13. So 1, you have the firstborn son. 2, the torso. 3, the bound woman. 4, the withered lover, which they do find out is his wife. Um, 5, the torn prince. 6, the angry princess. 7, the pilgrimess. 8, the Great Child, 9, The Dire Mother, 10, The Hammer, 11, my personal favorite, The Jackal, and 12, The Juggernaut. And the 13th ghost is actually meant to be Arthur himself. The 13th ghost is the Broken Heart. Now, eventually we learn that the uncle has actually been alive the whole time. I will tell you, you get to a point where you kind of are pretty sure that that's the case anyways. But when you find out, you're still like, oh, damn. Like, <laughs> so you know, but like, it's still shocking. It's, it's pretty good. Um, 
they figure out that the only way to actually stop, stop this machine is an act of selfless sacrifice, which Arthur, played by Tony Shalhoub, does. He leaps off a balcony into the center of this like wheel thing that has like all of the other ghosts on it. And he leaps in it to save his children, and he does. So um, that's really kind of the whole plot of the movie. It doesn't sound like a lot, but there is there's so much more to unfold. You have all the 13, 13 ghosts have their own little like stories to them if you want to kind of deep dive. Um, there's so many cool deaths, like the lawyer literally gets cut in half sideways, not like nose to back ahead, but ear to ear. <laughs> in moving glass doors like they close on him and then the front of him slides down and you're left to see it's so just good. the innards yeah love that part love that scene um but yeah like i said it's what's your favorite ghost oh god i that's tough you put me on the spot here <laughs> i i i Oh God! Honestly, I don't know. I, 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 I can't. I can't decide. Um, so, while you kind of think on that, mine, mine is actually the jackal, and it's and it's really kind of awesome because it's a it's basically the ghost of a disheveled man, and he has like this cage on his head, and it. He's meant to represent like wildness, and um, he's just aggressive and depravity, and he, he's just really, really freaking awesome. Um, and the ghost that Cyrus chooses for this is actually the ghost of, um, if I remember his name correctly, it's Ryan Kuhn or Kun K U H N. Yeah, I'm looking it up now just to make sure. And um, so he was actually born to a prostitute at some point in the year 1887. He grew up to develop a sick, insatiable and uncontrollable taste for women. As a result, he became a wild and cunning sexual predator, attacking, raping and murdering strays and prostitutes of the dead in the dead of night, like a wild animal. So he would eventually seek treatment and he eventually went, insane completely he scratched the walls of his his cell so violently that his finger uh, nails were torn completely off and made his hands claw like so um yeah it's and you don't see you don't see him do that stuff in the movie you don't see like the rape and stuff like that so that's yeah. not something you have to worry about i will tell you that the angry princess is a very naked woman the entire time She's not like doing anything vulgar, but she's naked. You see boobs, really, the whole movie. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, did you find out your favorite? Uh, I, this is tough. Uh, gone to head. I I like the torso. <laughs> so, the torso is freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just sort of my sensibilities. So, yeah, gone to head. I I like them all, but gone to head. I would say the torso probably. Um. So if I'm not I'm correct, hold on. Sorry. I just lost my space um so the torso it so basically the torso is missing his legs and his arms and oh no he has his arms he's missing his legs and or his waist and um basically he's a mutilated ghost and he's a ghost of 
uh, Jimmy Gambino. Also really cool. Like I said, all these ghosts have like their own backstory to them. But uh, Jimmy Gambino was was obsessed with gambling. And he would spend his day at the track instead of at school and his nights gambling and CD bars. And he eventually became a bookie. Um, although he was barely able to pay off his own debts. Um, Jimmy eventually turned down a bet that eventually caught the attention of um, of a mobster. Sorry. Okay. Oh, so, okay. so he lost a bet, basically, uh, betting on a boxing match. And Jimmy agreed, and it sealed his fate because when the... Um, when the boxer was defeated, he fainted. When Jimmy awoken, um, he now had none of his parts. So that's how he paid his gambling debt, basically. And, um, it, it, like I said, it's just so cool. And if you go, if you check out, like, uh, 13ghosts.fandom.com and actually look at the, uh, the Black Zodiac, there is... Every one of these has like a deeper story that you can like really kind of dive into. And I suggest you do it if you like this movie because it is so good. Yes, it is. I really enjoyed this movie a lot. In fact, I want to go back. I'm going to, I think this weekend I'm going to rewatch the 1960 this weekend. Just totally for, worth it. Because it's been, it's been a minute since I've watched the, the, the original. So it's uh but yeah no this is uh, this is this is a great film a uh a, a classic um uh, i don't want to jump on your toes were you did you have more to say or no 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 that's that's uh, all i got for that okay yeah um this is if you're a fan of horror and haven't seen this definitely do yourself a favor and and, and find it on whatever wherever um whatever platform or whatever and uh and check it out because this is this is i this is a good one Real good. I mean, they're all good that we reveal. That's why we picked the ones we're revealing. But <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But this is this is a a classic. Or all right. Well, I feel like I would. I think we need to rate this one, and I want to rate. We can rate them both, but we need to rate them separately. Okay. And I want to rate it on a scale from one to ten of jackals because jackals is the jackal is obviously my favorite and yeah so what do you got what do you think okay uh now you said we're rating them both yeah okay so the original um i would say it's been a minute so just to be conservative because it's been a minute I, i'd give the original like a six and a half um the uh the remake for me and after i watch it i might have a new i might have a new review or a new <laughs> score uh in, in a future episode after i watch the re uh the original again because it's just been a while but uh and then the this one the 2001 i'm gonna give that a good solid seven and a half jackals so what nice. about you? Good. i'm actually pretty much on the same page with you as far as so i was teetering between a six and a half and a seven for the 1961 but then i then i started thinking about it a little more and i'm actually gonna go seven and a half for the original one because of the audience participation i just think that's so cool i think when a movie comes out and they do that 
and and I don't mean participation as in like just like their reaction. They are bringing them into this movie. They are giving them the glasses and they are letting them see these things. And I and I love that. That's going to give for me the 1960 seven and a half jackals. Cool. And I'm going to go eight and a half jackals for the 2001. And nice. and I can't even put my finger on why, but I've always been wildly partial to this movie i love this movie it is it is it is scary it is it, it's got all of the you know it's not like you know someone not really deep into the horror genre could potentially have nightmares from this movie it is chilling there are jump scares there are jump scares that you're looking at and you see them coming and they come and they still get you and it's fantastic so i'm gonna give i'm gonna give the 2001 eight and a half jackals. I love it. That's awesome. And it's funny how I, I, I like how you were talking about how just some movies just stick with you, you know, yeah. for, for whatever reason, it's just, you know, I have movies like that, even just talking about attack of the killer tomatoes, how that stuck with me since childhood. It's, it, it's, it's funny how it's just, it can be just these random movies that, you know, not that it's like super random, but you know what I mean? For It's not like, 13 Ghosts isn't considered along the lines of a psycho or, you know what I yeah. mean? So uh, that is very interesting, but I love it. Those are awesome scores. I would have, and that's a great point. Imagine in 1960 being able to go to that theater and get those glass and only being able to see it with those glass. That, that had to be so mind blowing for them in 1960. I mean, that's so cool. So cool. It actually brings me to a question. Yeah. So he, all right, and then it's a little off track, but it's not. And if you listen to our podcast, you know this is what we do. Um, if you had the opportunity to go back in time at your current age, but to go back in time and see any horror movie ever that came out that you were not old enough to see in the theater when it did, what would you say? Oh. Or you might you might not even have been alive when it came out. What would you want to say? That's tough. I mean, I have to go back. Like, I would think, like, a psycho for sure in the theaters, the original time. I remember my mother telling me when I was younger, it was the first time I watched the original Rosemary's Baby. Well, she saw that in the theater as a young a young woman. Uh, I don't know how old she would have been when it came out and telling me how nothing had been seen like that before really uh just like the way rosemary's baby was and she went with my cousin dave he was past now he's like a second cousin he's older and everything and uh and so something like that would be cool but i for me i think i would have to go back to like a psycho something like that where it's just it, the, the genre is fairly new as far as like that slashery thing and yeah. just that never before seen yeah, I, I I would say either Psycho, The Birds, or Rosemary's Baby. What about you? So it's funny because Rosemary's Baby actually made my list. Um, that, that's one of the ones I feel like I would want to. I I feel like after I learned the thing about 13 Ghosts, I feel like that would definitely be one of the ones. But if it came, you know, if push came to shove and I could literally only go back in time to see one movie ever in the theater that I did not have the opportunity to see in the theater when I was, um, you know, because it was out before I was born, mm -hmm. 
I feel like it should be Halloween. But it's The Exorcist. Ooh, Ooh Exorcist. That's another good one. I would definitely like because I just remember reading about audience, what was happening to audience members. Yeah, uh, The Exorcist. Well, my know. mom and one of her friends stepped into the drive-in and saw it and then had to walk all the way home through the woods after seeing it like no nope what yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> that's exactly my response i was like mm -mm, no. no um uh, yeah exorcist would be a good one too yeah yeah that's awesome good choice yeah it, it's tied for me with halloween i think but i i think exorcist and i love halloween but i think exorcist would win out if i only could see one good choice good choice thank you <sighs> all right well right. you have the kid friendly this week right yeah the kid friendly slash family friendly mm -hmm. movie and this is a good one um i really enjoyed it and i'm talking about the 2021 american puppet supernatural comedy halloween special muppets haunted mansion now this is this is only 41 minutes so it's not like a a, a feature length film it's more of a special but um it's still really good. If you're a fan of the Muppets, you will love this. So, um, again, this came out on October 8, 2021, and is based on uh, the Disney properties, The Muppets and The Haunted Mansion. As a kid, I was that was one of my favorite. I remember going to Disney World, and that Haunted Mansion being one of my favorite rides. Just loved it because, you know, it's scary, and, or not really scary, but kind of when you're a kid. So... And the uh, the plot, uh, actually, you know what? I want to get in. Let me talk a little bit about the cast before I get into this plot, because uh, this has got just such a good cast in it. We got Will Arnett. Excuse me, Will Arnett as the host. And Will Arnett's great, so funny. Arrested Development, Murderville, um, just name it. He's been in a ton of shows and movies. Very funny man. Uh, Yvette Nicole Brown as the hearse driver. She was uh, community. Um, just a lot of good stuff. She's great. Darren Chris as the caretaker. Taraji P. Henson as the bride. John Stamos playing a random famous person. We have Ed Asner as Claude the Ghost. We have um, Alfonso Ribeiro, uh, Carlton from the original Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as Fred. Got Danny Trejo as Hewitt the Ghost. Um, you got Pat Sajak shows up as a singing bust. I mean, you got Craig Robinson as a singing bust. I love Craig. Very funny man. Uh, show Killing It and Hot Tub Time Machine, all those good ones. Um, so just a stellar cast, which usually is the case in Muppets. They're such an institution nowadays that it's like most people, you know, famous people line up to be in a God, Seth Rogen, I think, or not Seth Rogen, the other, his buddy there, uh, wrote one of the movies one time, the kid from, uh, How I Met Your Mother. I can never remember his name. Me uh, either, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's a buddy all the time. Um, so you get, you get a lot of good names in it. And so the plot essentially is we have Gonzo and Pepe as, uh, and instead of attending the Muppets annual Halloween party, Gonzo and Pepe are on their way to a 
fear challenge event in the same haunted mansion where Gonzo's favorite magician, the great MacGuffin, disappeared 100 years ago. And I just love even that name, the great MacGuffin, as his favorite magician, because for those of you who don't know, a MacGuffin is a term in films that it's it's a, an object or a plot device that essentially, um, you know, the whole movie is based around, you know, think of what's in the briefcase uh, in Pulp Fiction that, you know, and at the end they open it, but you never see it. That's a MacGuffin. Um, it's just those devices that propel the uh the plot forward and to name a character the great mcguffin i just love it you know some of the muppets are known for and their things these play on words these puns um so it's it's right up uh my alley i love it and uh yeah so they are uh they are in this house and essentially they have to uh make it till morning to win and as you can imagine just like all Muppet uh, film shows, movies, uh, chaos and hilarity ensues uh, throughout the night. You know, we got the scares, and it's just uh, it's just a lot of fun, guys. What I said, there's um, there's something in it for everybody. Uh, if kids, I and I'll get your opinion on this, but I, I feel as though pretty much any age on on for kids. Yeah. Yeah, you think, it's like, I don't, it's, yeah, I don't think it's an issue there, uh, but there's stuff. I can't in think of anything that would be, it's not, I mean, it's, it's, it's spooky, but not scary. It's, you know, and it's, and it's the Muppets, so. Yeah, um, it's, a, and there's stuff in there for the adults. Oh, I love uh, Miss Piggy as uh, going by Madame Pagoda. Because it's uh, Madame Leota was the, yeah. is the other uh, from the Haunted Mansion. She's the face in the uh, in the crystal ball is Madame Leota. So Madame Pigota. So there's a lot of good puns in there and stuff. Like I said, there's stuff in there for everybody. That's why I really appreciate it. It's like you know the Muppets. They they make sure that the, the adults are going to be in, entertained as well. Um, yeah, it's can't say enough good things about this, guys. I I would. Uh, if you're looking for a good, you know, on a weekend or a Friday night, a good family like film, like I said, it's only 40 minutes, but something good for the whole family to sit down and have, you know, a little popcorn and have a, have a family night. This is a perfect film for that or, or a perfect mini movie for that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Great, great, great. So to, to, again, stray from the conversation just a little bit. If you yeah. were to pick your favorite Muppet movie of all time, on the spot, gun to head, what do you pick? Ooh, that's tough. Um, so, first of all, of everything, I think like Muppet Babies was my absolute favorite like iteration Same, of them. Muppet Babies was great, but as far as a movie, um, that's tough. But one that I. Uh, that's just near and dear to my heart. Uh, I don't Muppets take Manhattan. So, um, but I mean, honestly, if you ask me tomorrow, it probably could be something different because there's just so many really, really good ones. What about you? So I, I also love Muppets take Manhattan. I love, I love really every Muppet movie, but 
my favorite hands down, and it doesn't change. It never changes. Is Muppet Treasure Island? Another good one with Tim Curry as Blackbeard. Yup, another good one. Oh yeah, yeah. If you ask me tomorrow, that could that could really be one of my favorite because there are so good. Were you a fan of Muppet Babies? I love, I loved Muppet Babies. Loved Muppet Babies. All right, yeah. Little I, Rolf, I love Rolf. Yes, yes, I love. I was my, I no, oh god, one of my favorites growing up. Muppet Babies, loved it. All right, All right. you got anything else for me? No, I think that's it today. All right, well, meet us at the snack bar next week when Deliverance is on the big screen. Until oh. then, sweet dreams. Thanks, guys. Bye.